All right, guys. Do you know the promo code? Give me the promo code. The angle. Yeah, that's right. Steve, where the hell are you on this? Yeah, what are you doing? You're eating. My bad. I thought... It's Manscaped. Sorry. You're not supposed to eat during Manscaped, man. Come on. 20% off free shipping for the holidays. Enjoy. Let's start the show. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Steve Dangle Podcast, powered by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? S-D-P-P. The Steve Dangle Podcast, with your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. All right, well, I guess uh, Steve's got his snacks out already. What are you eating? This is, um, it's called an Aberdeen roll, otherwise mm. known as a Rowie. Um, and it's going to help me survive this winter storm because it's made of like salt and fat and lard. And it's for when you're on a boat and you, you don't know if you're going to see your ladder last again. So that's people you love, need that to survive a storm. People love listening to a podcast and hearing a guy eat. Yeah, no that's kidding. Just, right? that's, that's what they love in their ears. Mm-hmm. Munching on food. Awesome. Yeah, uh, we have a huge uh, winter storm in the area which is why we're remote today. And um, Jax, uh, my co-host at Virgin, said to me this morning, she's like, do you have your storm chips? I said, what? She's like, do you have your storm chips? And I guess that's an East Coast thing where you you go out to the store and you get your chips because there's a storm. You got to have storm chips, right? I recently learned she, of stored storm chips. They're right. Maritimers. Right? They're right. The Maritimers are rarely wrong. Yeah. And well, they, right get, about they do get big storms out there, like crazy you know, their, their hurricanes turn to ice and snow. So it's, uh, it's, it's pretty nice. She actually told me that, um, uh, when she was younger, she's like, when I was younger and still dating men, um, I was, uh, she was, she got actually, um, she, I guess that the snow hit so bad that she couldn't leave her boyfriend's house. And she's like, Oh no, I'm stuck in here with my boyfriend. Like, Oh, that sucks. <laughs> when she oh, was no. in high school, <laughs> or, or I guess her family told her not to go out. Anyway, so listen, I, I mean, it's it's sort of the last uh, show of the year. We call it last like live show, but you're going to get uh, six podcasts over the course of the holidays. We've got a whole bunch of stuff lined up, including Jesse. What do you what did you have like hot take a palooza? Yeah, hot take a palooza is coming uh, next week. We have we're not missing a scheduled show, so we're going right. to be we're going to be every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. There'll be a show, and yeah, hot take a palooza is coming. All trivia was one of my favorite things. Uh, Steve Dangle and Adam Wilde try and uh, hit the mark of, of that their was trivia, fun. their goal. Um, intense, that was a lot of fun. Intense. We had all questions, non-hockey. Everybody submitted. We got like over nearly 300 questions, and we just ran through as many as we could in an hour. 
Um, that's a very fun episode. And then we have normal things like our 2023 predictions. That comes towards the end of, uh, or into 2023. Uh, we've pre-taped some predictions that we think things are going to happen in uh, the new year. So yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun content over the next two weeks. You won't, you won't miss us. And we were going to record no. those shows come hell or high water. That's right. <laughs> I got sick and, uh, <laughs> and we had to kind of record them back to back to back. We were pretty intense shooting schedule the last couple of days, but uh, we got it done. Got it done. Um, and of course, we're going to have uh, some really cool odds and that sort of thing, too, from Sports Interaction about like, you know, what you can bet on going forward in this year, including I think there's like, you know, especially for Jesse, there's, of course, the uh, how many goals will Willie score? And like, will he be the leading scorer at the end of the season, which I think goals. Jesse you took 50 goals? Yeah. 20. He's at 20, bud. You can bet if he's going to get 50. I put my money down on it. 50. Yeah. Now, $2 Steve. Would $2 Steve put $2 on that? <laughs> $2 Steve is slamming $2 down on that. That's 50 goals, huh? I can't wait for the Actually, articles. I'm pretty about sure I bet against it. <laughs> I can't wait for the articles about how he's played uh, played himself off the team because they can't afford to keep him. Oh, I you love know that's, how that's going to be the first thing. It'll be like it won't even be the end of the season. It'll be mid February. Be like, wow, you know, they only have a year and a half left. What are they going to do? The fan keep base them. so unanimously rejects that narrative. Like we've been through it and we didn't enjoy our lives as fans during it, dude. Uh, problem address that issue when it gets here um yeah. which it's not by the way nylander is under contract this year and next i right. refuse to worry about it yeah mm -hmm. and the other thing is that the 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 last time it happened we were all worried everybody was going to go and they all stayed and they all everybody oh, stayed. go figure no that's crazy <laughs> that's crazy how that happened yeah no but adam <laughs> i think you're right in that somebody's gonna write the, the complete 180 reversal of the william nylander story and it's that oh instead of we got to trade him it's we can't sign him. We can't and sign him, so we got to trade him. Somebody's oh, no, gonna, that's already happened. Yeah, somebody's going to clickbait it. That's oh, has awesome. that happened, Steve? Yeah. Oh. Oh. So, uh, what? You know, really? The, yeah. Oh, places. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, my. <laughs> I apologize you know. for coughing. I can't keep it going. Wow. Really? Okay. Well, fair enough. It yeah. feels a little bit, it feels a little bit strange, by the way, not having you guys here because, like, I, I, um, you know, on a personal note, it, I guess over the pandemic, when we weren't together, we got used to the fact that, you know, that we didn't see each other and we didn't have the energy in the room. But now sitting in this room without you guys here, it's very lonely. Like, I don't know. It, it's very weird. It's I, I miss the I miss the energy. I miss the I don't know where there's always like a bit of being amped up before the show. And I kind of miss that in here. And I'm really it makes me so grateful that the that pandemic where we had to, the pandemic time where we had to be apart for a year and a half or two years or whatever it was yeah. is over because holy smokes we did a whole bunch yeah. of shows just but, like this you know i can tell this isn't a pandemic episode because we don't all look like complete shit <laughs> so. yeah there's a there's a clip in in one of the six episodes we pre-recorded that are coming out in the next two weeks we, one of them's a best of where we watch back some old stuff and we react to it and we talk about it. It's a clip it. where you guys and, are very nice to me. And we're oh awful God, to Steve uh, because he tries talking about the zoo and we don't let him. But yeah. we look <laughs> absolutely terrible. And it's yeah, crazy that they didn't let you get a haircut. You couldn't go anywhere to get groomed for, for freaking a year. You know, it was crazy. And we look yeah. absolutely awful. There, there were they, a few um, haircuts I got from Mrs. Dangle where you couldn't tell like it's it was professional she did a great job 
And there That's- were a few where she did not. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it didn't look good. And then it, it got so much worse as it grew. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. When you Man. get these pandemic haircuts in your kitchen, they grow out and they just look even worse. Mm. So, mm. yeah. Anyway. Dark times, <laughs> I, man. I, I remember too. I couldn't give uh, I couldn't give my dog a haircut, and so I had to do it myself. Like I couldn't get the groomer to do it because you know that he's a schnauzer and he just grew. And I did a terrible, terrible job. This you butchered poor, Cedric. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, it was bad. It was just messy, really messy. And a couple of like, um, it never hurt him, but you know, a couple of marks where it just gets a little too close to the skin, and it's like, mm-hmm. well, that's that, that very clearly looks like somebody sheared that off him, like he's a sheep. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> uh, I got a good practice on that throughout the pandemic and I'm much better at it now, but holy smokes, what a hack job. Listen, um, today there's lots to talk about. Obviously, we've got um, the Toronto Maple Leafs and Philadelphia Flyers in the get us the hell out of here game yesterday. Oh, man. Um, uh, we also need to talk about the Boston Bruins uh, sneakily putting out the report that they put out. And it's funny, it's made almost no news because everybody's basically on vacation. But we're going to go through sort of the... Um, what the Bruin Bruins report revealed and what the recommendations were. But first, let's get into You Can Bet That one last time this year with Dave Bastel. You Can Bet That with David Bastel. Brought to you by Sports Interaction. Get in the action and make a play. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. All right. Now, we know that we're going to continue with Dave next week, but this is sort of the last live in-session uh, You Can Bet That we've got of the year, Dave. We... The best part about it is we get to talk World Juniors. Yep, coming up on Boxing Day, Canada, of course, the favorites uh, to win everything at uh, a 180, guys. It's it's not much value. You have some teams in there like the States, Finland, Sweden. Chechia is probably uh, in that category too, but not really value on Canada. You guys leaning one way or another? Or how, how, how far have you dug into this tournament, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> about as much as everyone else. <laughs> um, I'll, just, I'll just do whatever they tell me to on TV. <laughs> there's there's the top prospects. There's the guys who have already played NHL games. And then, of course, there's what I like to call the favorites of the nerds. And this right. is a great time of year to follow the nerds and listen to what the nerds say. <laughs> I'm on what are the nerds say? <laughs> Oh, let's do that hockey. (laughs) It's coming. Dave, what are this? Who's got the second best odds? Like outside of Canada, what's what's who's the rated second best? Uh, Team USA. They're supposed to come out of group B. They're not actually they're actually in a pretty challenging group because when you think of it, you have you have USA and Finland, which should meet in that group B final. But a lot of people I I've talked to about the tournament say Switzerland and is starting to get into the conversation where they could make things interesting. Like you you talk about the Swiss program that's gained a pretty good reputation in the last five or six years. The German programs kind of started to elevate a little bit, not quite at the Canada, Russia, uh, you know, Sweden, Finland. USA elk, but they're starting to make some strides. But are they going to be there at the end? Uh, we'll Ooh. see. Canada opens up Boxing Day, of course, against Chechia. Something to look at. And uh, Shane Wright, no surprise, the favorite at Sports Interaction to be the scoring leader. So we shall see. We haven't talked about we haven't talked about my favorite bet yet, which is Austria plus five and a half <laughs> against actually- Sweden. I'm actually glad you brought that up because uh, with the puck line numbers for these international tournaments, you'll get that. You'll get like underdog plus five and a half goals or six and a half goals or like these are unheard of in the NHL. Only thing you get in the NHL is plus the puck and a half. 
I got to be careful how I say that. Uh, but but in the international tournaments, it's like, yeah, do you like Germany plus four or five goals? Maybe. I, I, I mean, it certainly makes it interesting, doesn't it, Jess? Yeah, they're like football spreads. Like yeah. I'm taking uh, the the Cowboys plus three and a half, except I get it in a hockey game. I think like I think it's fun to root for like an underdog like Austria versus Sweden, and I yeah. get five and a half goals to start the game, and I got to see if they can hold that lead. Like I think that <laughs> stuff's so much fun. It makes these games that are typically uninteresting because Team yeah. Canada's not in it makes them interesting to me. Well said. Well said. Well, Dave, it's been a real great year. We just want to say we appreciate everything you've brought. And uh, it's been a pleasure getting to know you. 23 is going to be amazing. And we know you'll be right back here for it. So thank you so much. I look forward to it. Best of you uh, holidays for all you guys, all your listeners. It's been a lot of fun. And yes, 2023, even better than 2022. Hey, so... um it's funny, uh, uh, Steve, you tweeted it yesterday and you said, like, basically this this game has this this Leafs Flyers game has I'm I'm just waiting to see if my flight's been canceled vibes like we did have this storm kind of coming in. We weren't sure when it was going to start. And boy, to that game, it was a game. Yeah, there weren't many worse places to be in North America than uh, Toronto waiting to fly out uh, right. yesterday. And you could tell all the players. Uh, whether they just wanted to get back to Philadelphia or their hometown for for Christmas or whatever, there was definitely an element of let's get the hell out of here to the point where I think the only reason the Flyers didn't tie it yesterday is they didn't want to go to overtime. Um, <laughs> and like the the first, it ended up becoming a game and it was pretty right. good. But man, that first period was tough. <laughs> that was, was a, that yeah. was an awful watch. And uh, you, I think you're very right in that everybody was thinking about the charter jet that was waiting at the airport at Pearson. And they're like, we need to get out of here. It was it was such a lull of a start. And um, like even even the cr- the crowd is feel like they had to ease into it as well. I know it was a whole arena full of kids, but yeah. like the the hockey was kind of was kind of slow, and everybody kind of eased into the game. And by the middle portion, it kind of picked up, and then by the end, it was we had some excitement. But yeah, real lull of a game. The next generation game actually does kind of go like that. And no one remembers that because they always have an exciting finish. Yes. And this game was no different. Um, I I went to the first one. The Leafs beat the Hurricanes. I think it was 8-1. And even that game started like really clunky. And we're all sort of looking at each other like, it's 2 in the afternoon. This is really silly that we're all here. A lot of Flyers fans were confused as hell. Because they're like, I'm sorry, why is this game at 2 o'clock? <laughs> it's this new annual tradition, next generation game. It's basically a game that kids can go to i got to watch that game on tv with my son i've gotten to do that three times in his life ever so that was that was pretty interesting but it, no it, it started started terrible before it before it picked up it you're not supposed to play hockey at two in the afternoon on a weekday and everyone acknowledged that with their actions yeah. took them a while yeah. to get into it sloppy sloppy yeah it's almost like the first goal woke everyone up well, and, and that first goal against Sam Sonoff was just terrible. It was a terrible goal. It was in the Leafs. The D'Angelo one? Well, the Leafs outplayed the. I mean, it was a power play goal. The Leafs outplayed Philly. Goal. I think it was, <laughs> oh God, what did they outshoot them? 15 to 5 in the first period? I think uh, Philly went in 4, I think, was, when, the, when it was 1-1, if I remember correctly. Crazy. The shots were like 30-10. Like, it was very yeah. similar to the Lightning game for the first bet. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, it it was it didn't get much better from there. However, um, uh, you know they you know the Flyers kind of did make it interesting at the end. 
Uh, Mitch Marner uh, did uh, extend his home point scoring streak. He's now fourth all time in uh, points in a row at home for a Toronto Maple Leaf, just behind Daryl Sittler and Matt Sundin, which is pretty cool. Um, Daryl Sittler did it a couple times. Matt Sundin did it in 07, 08 when the Leafs were horrendous. Crazy. Wow. That reached um, But he was the only one of the teams yeah. That's unreal. That was his last season as a Leaf. My yeah. first season of LFR. Yeah. Yeah. Cooper Canucks great. Yeah. That's right. Hey. <laughs> um, good to see Callie Yarncroke get a goal just because he'd been gone for so long, though, right? Like right off the bat in the second period. Got to think that that helps him kind of get going a little bit because when you're coming back from injury, not only do you feel a little bit out of shape, but you got to feel a little out of sync with where the team's gone. And you look at how the team's gone since he's been injured. They've been pretty damn good. They have been. And uh, I'm, I mean, it's very important to the team's success uh, that he fit right back into the slot that he left because, uh, I mean, one guy who tried to fill in for him was so bad at the job, they traded him. Um, and then there's Robertson who got hurt and it's, it really does tie the room together. You know what I mean? To have that, uh, Cali yarn croak there and, you know, a bit of a struggle to start the season for him, but, but what did I say? The dude is the picture of consistency. He is always, always good for 15 goals. And then here he is right back on track for that. Right. Right. Like bang on, bang on every year of his career. He's never going to give you 10. He's never going to give you 20, but he will give you 15 That's every right. single year. That's right. Uh, Marner, Bunting and Nylander, the other people to score. William Nylander has 20 goals before Christmas. That's not bad. Um, Morgan Frost and Joel Farabee made it sort of interesting at the end. And I, was it Farabee that missed the, the wide open yep. cage too? Oh. He had an eventful third period. He scored a goal. He missed the easiest happen of his life, and he got called for a phantom penalty on DJ Brody, who I think might be getting a lump of coal in his stocking. I, I think he might go into the Christmas break with a fine for embellishment because that yeah. was that was bad. No, <laughs> but, he but it was great. That. <laughs> sell he, it, baby. He sold sell it big it. time. It, he's he's got a little bit of that reputation, and he's got to be careful. Does he have a <laughs> reputation of diving? I, it's been bad this year. Really? Yeah, it's been bad this year. I, um, I wouldn't say that about Brody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Watch. Watch. All now, right. I, I, I want to throw this at you because this is, uh, this for me was the most NHL thing I've ever seen. Um, the power plays uh, going into the third period where Philadelphia had gotten five penalties, the Leafs with three penalties. And the Leafs get the first three coming out. And of course, uh, Timothy Lilligren being the last one. And then Joel Farabee evens it up. Uh, it was exactly the same amount of penalty minutes, 12 minutes served by each side. I just thought it was like, boy, the NHL really likes to just make that even. Gotta be, it doesn't matter how the game's going. It must be even. It has to be. No, one one team is tripling up the other in shots. Got to even it up, though. Yeah, 100%. It's uh it is a it is a thing in the NHL. I don't understand why they do it, but here they are. Um going into Christmas, like what do you say about this Toronto Maple Leafs team for the first I guess it's not like first half, but we're almost there. What do you what do you see and what do you need to see? Uh I need to see uh an uh, IR that is a shorter list. Um need to see that. Um you're you're evaluating the team based on a few things. 
A, are they good? Yes, they're extremely good. They're winning games. They deserve to win the games. They're even winning games that they don't deserve to win. Um, you're finding out you have depth. They have a lot more depth than I assumed. They have more. The Leafs have more depth on the back end than up front, which I would have never guessed ever in a million years. Oh, yeah. Mac Hollowell, throw them in the lineup. They'll be undefeated. Never guessed that in a million years. Uh, but here they are. The thing the Leafs need to uh, figure out the most is what they look like healthy. Because we straight up have not seen that. And, you know, I'm not going to go as far as some Leaf fans saying, oh, well, this means you can trade Morgan Riley. I don't Who think said that uh, some people I, I get the mentions like, oh, they've been great without him. Does this make him expendable? No, it doesn't. I want to know how he fits into this lineup um, once everybody is back because someone is going to get pushed out on the back end who straight up does not deserve it. That's a good place to be in. Yeah. I mean, you, you have around the trade deadline, you have teams giving up absolute fortunes for, um, for guys that, you know, are going to be your six, seven guy, right? The guys that oh, are yeah. going to be, you know, and, and, and it's just so that they can have a sixth or a seventh guy who deserves to play, who maybe can't play, all the time, and when somebody gets injured, then they get to play it all the time. A fifth round pick is worth a million dollars, unless you need nine games of Nathan Bolu. Then it's worth <laughs> nine games of Nathan Bolu. <laughs> like it's just every year, like just picking a name out of a hat. Right. Every year, no, we need this depth guy. The Leafs give up a fifth for Ben Hutton. That's right. And did he even play? He did, like a handful of not very good games. There you go. It's a. Uh, it's an interesting season because they did start so so poorly and now are absolutely rolling and dominating. Do you think that they have guys the opportunity here and the do you think that they have the the space to actually catch Boston? And I know a lot of people are like, well, there's a lot of games left. Of course they can. But right. the way Boston's playing at the clip that they're playing at, is it possible they sustain this the entire year? And is it possible that maybe they don't? Maybe they become less than the greatest team we've seen in a generation and the Leafs might be able to catch them, make it interesting. Here's, here's what I'm trying to look up. So the top, top teams, Boston, Carolina, Toronto is in third tied for second, actually with Carolina, Vegas, New Jersey. And then even going down to six, seven, you got Dallas, Pittsburgh, all of those teams, each and every one of those teams has gone through a skid of some sort. The Bruins haven't gone through any of that. They've had hardships, but they haven't had a skid at all. So I guess the question becomes, are they ever going to have one? And if they do, are the Leafs going to be able to continue their hot streak while the Bruins are skidding? Like a lot of things. Right. It's unbelievable how many things have to fall into place. In order to win the president's trophy, the Leafs are seven, two and one in their last 10. They're 13, two and three at home. They're well, 500 on the road. That's not very good, but eight, five and three. They're 21, seven and six overall. You could not ask more out of this season other than spilled milk, which is the first 10 games or so of the season, but that's gone. So could the Leafs play the best hockey they've played in a generation 
the entire rest of the way and still not win it? Like, has the ship, did the ship sail on the President's Trophy in October? Is it entirely possible? I don't want to believe that. I think that's fine. Like, winning the President's Trophy doesn't mean much for your playoffs chances we've seen in the last decade. No, but um, go for it. Oh, definitely. You're trying to win every game. Steve. At yeah. the end of the day, the Leafs are in pursuit of a trophy. Right. They're trying to win a trophy. It's not the president's trophy. But why not practice? Right. Well, and and, <laughs> and, and to that point, it doesn't matter how well, uh, how, how, cl- well, how close they make it unless they actually take the president's trophy from the Bruins because um the the atlantic beyond toronto uh tampa and boston has been pretty weak this year and it's at least from this point looking like unless detroit somehow squeaks in those are the only three teams that are getting in which means toronto mm-hmm. is guaranteed to play tampa no matter how good they do it's unreal no matter how good got, they do you got to watch out for uh for buffalo there buffalo's yes. uh they've been on a hot streak they're 7 2 and 1 in their last 10 won four in a row they they seem to be charging up the standings real quick. Here's yeah, how difficult right. it is to win the President's Trophy. The Leafs are 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. They have lost a point on Boston during that stretch and got passed by Carolina. That's yeah, so how the, hard it is. President's tro- like, I'm, I'm so out on the President's Trophy. Like, why? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm playing Tampa in the first no, round, they, man. They, they should try and win 82 games. Like, is that not a thing that we all know? Like, yeah, you try yeah, and win every game. If they fall short of the President's Trophy, who cares? It's a, it's a little different that it's within reach. Yes, you're trying to win every game. But you saw how Hot different... Day. When there is a mantle, something changes. You saw that the Leafs... When Marner was on his streak, straight up played differently. Marner, yeah. when he was approaching that streak, straight up played differently. He did. He, he was missing empty nets. He looked visibly nervous. And then but, uh, he got it. He got it. Now he's this, this new monster. Uh, it's You go into every game trying to win, but I'm saying there's just a little extra added something when the win can mean that much more. I feel like also uh, I just don't want to play Tam in the first round. That's Is that okay? Can I admit yeah, that? That's fair. Yeah, try to win yeah. the division. Second round every game. You know? Yeah. I, I feel like I'd like here's what it would look like. Talking about uh Zidane Chara, you know, like, oh, you needed the extra motivation? <laughs> like there wasn't enough just to win every game. You needed to go make up motivation. Oh, we gotta get the president's trophy. Why just Chara's win every team game? won, by the way. Chara's team did win. Whatever, <laughs> whatever Chara needed that worked, I think we should uh, praise and not criticize. Yeah, yeah, man. What? what, what by the way, man, I was so hoping for something fun to come out of that segment, like Bexa and Chara, like a one-on-one on Hockey Night in Canada or something. What a fart, man! I, I he just seemed it sour. He seemed so sour about it. And I'm like, come on, Bexa, you're the funny one. Do the funny thing. And he's just like, we had a great leadership group. Yeah. F- okay, great. That's cool. But you didn't win. So why don't you, why don't we have some fun with this and, and, and make some fun out of this? Um, I don't know, man. Made me sad. Made me sad. <laughs> I wanted, <laughs> you, I wanted a, a celebrity boxing or something. I don't know. Um, you know, Hockey Night in Canada is perfect. According to Steve Dagle. It is. Yeah. It is. Um, you know, the, <laughs> and the other reason I would love for the Leafs to catch Boston is right now, the Washington Capitals are uh, like eighth place. Um, I like that. Listen, I, I might live to regret this, but I like the Leafs versus Washington 
a heck of a lot more than I do the Leafs versus Tampa. Just even though the Caps the just ran the Leafs show. Yeah, it's one game. I think the Leafs will be okay. Mm. I think the Leafs will be okay. Mm. I think they'd be okay. I, I I just I know they have to slay the dragon eventually. I know it's gonna the road to the Cup's gonna have to go through Tampa or Boston this year. I know that, but sometimes you just don't don't you want to avoid a little conflict, a little bit, eh? No, I think I think the Leafs' journey, like. Let's let's okay. Let's allow ourselves to dream. After all, it is Christmas. Yes. If this is the year, mm-hmm. if I think it would be amazing for the journey, if they have to go through the team that this whole group cut their playoff teeth on, if they if right. they have to go through Washington first, as. The President's Trophy winner, which Washington was when the Leafs played them. Then in the second round, you got to go through Boston because, of course, you do. There's no situation where the Leafs can play Washington, Boston, then Tampa, right? Maybe if Tampa's the top wild card. Maybe. Maybe. But I don't Don't know. Don't make me do math. That would be perfect, though. Any combination of they got to play Washington, then Boston, then Tampa. And then, of course, in the final, they got to play the Blue Jackets (laughs) (laughs) or something. When was the last time a President's Trophy winner won the Stanley Cup? God, that's got to be a long time. I don't know. Can you tell me off the top of your head? I know. Thank you. It's trivia. Last time the President's Trophy winner. Detroit in 08? The 20-13 the 2013. Oh, oh that one should have been obvious. Yeah, that team was unbeatable. It's going to be, unless it happens this year, it's going to be a decade. The President's Trophy doesn't mean it's playoff success. It might Does it mean, mean more than one round? It might mean, yeah, usually. <laughs> it, it, it no, mean second it, round? It doesn't mean uh, going past the second round. So I'll, I'll read off to you the last uh, President's Trophy, the last 10 years of President's Trophies. Okay. Florida Panthers lost in the second round. Colorado Avalanche lost in the second round. Boston Bruins lost in the second round. Tampa Bay Lightning lost in the first round. Predators, Oof. second round. Caps, second round. Capitals, second round. Rangers, conference finals. Bruins, second round. So you're telling me there's only a 10% chance that Lisa lose in the first round if they win the President's Trophy? I'm into it. Let's go! <laughs> let's go! President's Trophy, let's go! I'm just saying, the Stanley Cup champion doesn't come for the President's Trophy very often. I get that, but I think if you look at the Leafs' context, which is avoid Boston and Tampa, at least as far as much as you can, uh, I'm into it. Sure. Just saying. Boston's going to go saying. on an intentional losing streak just to be like the bottom wildcard team. Mar- yeah, no kidding, right? Um, hey, by the way, the Bruins have announced the completion of their independent review, which took place following their failed signing of prospect Mitchell Mil- Miller. This is from Frank Saravalli. The team uh, says the report showed no misconduct by the team, but recommended a series of steps be implemented as per the team release. And here they are. Number one, establish clear written policies for vetting off-ice conduct, including identifying red flags requiring detailed vetting and documentation resolution. Number two, establish clear timetables and responsibilities within the organization to investigate prospects, community, uh, and or other off-ice commitments. Number three, establish centralized documentation of vetting to include reporting on red flags and off-ice issues and ensure such documentation is available to all stakeholders involved in the process. Number four, establish a tracking system to ensure ensure responsibilities for all vetting tasks 
so they are clearly assigned and tracked. So meaning people within the organization, making sure that they're doing what they say they're going to do. Uh, number five, utilized independent third-party resources to investigate and resolve factual issues when reviewing red flags. Meaning if Mitchell Miller says he's doing this thing that's really good for the community, um, maybe use a third party to find out if he is. And number six, determine whether there are specific training or rehabilitation programs that the prospect should participate in, depending upon the nature of the red flags. And the Boston Bruins have said that they will implement these immediately. What is your first reaction to this, guys? What a song and dance. That's that's my first reaction. The, the, um, the, we concluded that we found no misconduct. Was that ever the accusation? No, that was never the accusation. Were we ever like the, the Bruins? This is misconduct. No, no, what we all said was, wow, what a stupid fucking decision. That's what we all said. There doesn't need to be misconduct for you to make a stupid fucking decision. The The accusation was always, oh, what a stupid fucking decision. So, oh, we found no misconduct. Great. Like, what What do you think you would have found? That there was some sort of underhanded, under the table. It, it just feels like you found something no one asked you to find. Or no, even worse, you didn't find something no one asked you to find. No one asked you to find that. And uh, it just felt like they learned their lesson from uh, the last time where they announced the signing before Hockey Night in Canada, a Leaf game in Toronto. And instead, they decided to wait until the Leaf game was over and drop it right before Christmas at five o'clock on a Thursday. Yeah. Um, And that's the uh, lesson they learned here. Uh, the lead got buried a bit. Um, you know, this this uh, Frank Cervalli tweet went big. The follow-up tweet um, was, to my knowledge, Miller remains under contract with the Bruins and has earned more than $116,000 American uh, since his November 4th signing. So the dude's made $116,000 in six weeks. If that's cancel culture... Uh, may we all get canceled? Yeah, because he's just he's being paid right now to sit at home because you can't just get rid of an NHL contract. It's not like an NFL one where you just cut a guy, you know. So they just have to pay out this deal, and it's such a blatant um, hiding of the story by the Bruins. Like I think, like we should put a lot of emphasis on when this came out and the fact that they're just trying to drop this so everybody forgets about it it's going to be the holidays when all everybody comes back it's going to be january and they can say you know what we didn't do anything here everything was good with our process and let's move on it's so it's such a spit in the face of everybody who cared about this story when it dropped cuz now they're just like okay we're all good now let's move on it's well and th- their management it, it, group it's important that you know that they know they're good <laughs> we're going to do this so we know we're good now i i looked at this and i was like uh, the one thing I will say is that uh, that's how it works in literally every other organization. In every other organization where there's red flags, that's how it works. We are so pledging to do things properly like yeah. we should have been. We're, we're coming into the 21st century is what that document tells me. That No one has their finger on the pulse like the Boston Bruins management group. They're always like, you know what? No, no, no. no. I think people like us too much. Yeah. Well, like, shut, how much do the players wish everyone would just shut the hell up? Honestly, oh, just man. shut the hell up. Just shut the hell up. Just let yeah. Patrice Bergeron do his thing. Why are you ruining this for it's, him? It, Stop being. It's a, uh, 
Well, I think that's specifically what they're trying to do. They don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, and, you know, the, the reality is that the outcry after the Mitchell Miller situation probably precludes this from happening, I would think, anytime again in the near future. Um, because I think, you know, based on the reaction out of Montreal when Logan Mayu was uh, drafted, um, and then, you know, Mitchell Miller being uh, signed like this, I think NHL teams, you know, remember there was... Um, Slava Voinov was a very, very, very good defenseman for the Los Angeles Kings. And I believe he was book booked on domestic assault and battery. And um, he was basically kicked out of the league and he had to go to the KHL. But there were teams that were circling on him and he was in Florida and they were, I'm not saying the Panthers were going to sign him. I don't know which teams were in on him, but we know that he was in the United States, the continental United States. And from what from what we heard, it was going to happen, going to happen, going to happen, and then poof, the story went away. Now, usually what happens is NHL head office steps in and they go, uh, no, you're not going to do that. I'm saving you from yourself, you morons. Um, but I think at that point, they recognized, hey, fans are not going to take too kindly to a person who's been booked on assault and battery against a woman um, being in the league. Here, let me give some... Uh the detail to that because I didn't realize how long ago this happened, but uh, from the LA from LA times.com after pleading no contest to a misdemeanor charge of corporal injury to a spouse, there he served almost two months in jail in 2015 U S immigration and customs enforcement then took him into custody and he returned to Russia rather than go through deportation proceedings. Right. It's pretty serious, but it was Very. also seven years ago, which I didn't realize. Right. And there were teams looking for a top four defenseman with a right shot and he would have fit the bill. And so it, it seems that as though the the message really, I think the most powerful message out of this, it has been the the team response. It's like you look at you look at Boston fans um, and the way they responded to this, the way that they wrote letters and petitions and all these things. And uh, uh, I don't think that the NHL team, I know that the club was not prepared for that. And I'm sure NHL teams are like, well, shit, their fan base is that passionate uh, and loves everything that they do. Imagine if we tried that shit. Won't happen. So the change will probably just come from the fan reaction itself and the fear of the fallout more than maybe internal policies, if that makes any sense. Every now and then, fans give teams a little reminder that they're the ones in charge. And Bruins fans, I think to no one's surprise. Uh, reminded uh, the Boston Bruins front office they're in charge. Yeah, absolutely. It's a uh, it's a it's a fascinating story and a fascinating end, or, or it'll be a fascinating blight on uh, on this season for the Bruins, which has been overwhelmingly positive. Um, guys, you know, I, I think uh, um, uh, going into uh, the holidays here, um, I'm kind of trying to figure out. Because I don't want to, I don't want to go too much into predictions. Because we do a little bit of that in the holidays. But can I, can I ask you what your surprises were? Um, what your surprises have been so far this year? Like what storylines, uh, good or otherwise, have blown you away? Players, good or otherwise, teams. What's what's really got your attention? Um, Eric Carlson randomly deciding to put up the best offensive season of his career. At, at least two or three years after he was officially cooked is wild to me. Wild. Like he, he wasn't able to do this in his prime 
and he's somehow able to do it on what, to the best of our knowledge, is essentially one leg. Like I, I, I don't know how he's how he's been able to do this and maintain it. Hmm. Jesse, what about you? We we make fun of you, Adam Wilde, for your love of of the Devils, but how hot the Devils are! I never thought they'd get goaltend. Just getting goaltending would spark At this all. team in this way, <laughs> you know. Especially when they started the year and that first week of the season when the crowd was chanting "Fire Lindy." I thought it was like, okay, the Devils haven't changed. This has been the same thing for four years. They don't have goaltending. Um, the offense can't make up for it. The defense isn't really there. And they need a complete change here. And we don't know if Jack Hughes is ever going to amount to anything. We don't know what the defense is going to be. And then all of a sudden, they go on this ridiculous winning streak. And they're one of the best teams in the National Hockey League. I, I didn't expect this from the Devils at all. And I'm pleasantly surprised for all the fans out there, including you, Adam. Uh, Rasmus Dallin and Tage Thompson for me. I cannot mm. believe what those guys are. are They're dragging the Sabres towards a playoff spot right now. Um, not that the Sabres are that bad, but they didn't. I didn't see this year, guys, as as the year that they'd be challenging for a playoff spot. And maybe they don't make it. But, you know, when Tage Thompson was signed to that extension, I think people, myself included, were rightly like, OK, he had that one good year. And yes, he was dominant. But we've seen plenty of guys have one good year, get a big contract and it'd be a, a mess. Um, Tage Thompson looks like he's getting better. He's scary with what he can do with the the, the size that of, of his body and the fact that he's able to. I mean, there's times where I'm like, is that Sidney Crosby bodying people out, or is that Tage Thompson bodying people out? The way he moves, he's very quick with his hands, and he's fucking huge, man. He's huge. What some of us, do? some of us have been on the Tage Thompson band. I know, and I know you him were our most were. underrated player of 2022 award last season. If we're talking about awards, you were right. I was, mm -hmm. I was on Nailed the it. Tage bandwagon. You know, uh, some I think Tage Thompson is a unicorn. But uh, we need to stop thinking every top five pick that is not a heart contender immediately is Nail Yakupov uh, because Rasmus Dahlin was a first overall pick and then he got good and we all acted surprised. I think we're wrong for that. And um, it's a cautionary tale for the likes of Alexi Lafreniere and Capocacco as well. Capocacco, by the way, one of the hottest players on the entire Rangers. Uh, yeah. right now. So we need to stop writing off players with elite resumes um, when they're essentially children and then acting surprised when they're superstar adults. It's kind of fun though, isn't it? Can, we, <laughs> sure. uh, can I also add to the biggest surprises is sure. I want to shout out the core of the Winnipeg Jets in yeah. Shifley yeah. and Wheeler. Like yep. coming to words do stripping the captaincy, all the all the drama during the summer. We thought everybody was gonna be traded and they're gonna yep. be left with nobody and Connor Hellebuck. Uh PLD complaining, having that um yep. that that interview where he trashed the team and he wanted Forgot to go to Montreal. That. Like that was a all about that. And now they're yep. a top ten team. They look great. I think they're second in the division, they're top three in the West, and Shifley and Wheeler have just been playing their game, playing well. Yeah. And to to be as good as they've been without Ehlers, who I think is such a key part of that team. Yeah, really impressive, man. Josh Morrissey, mm -hmm. I don't think we mentioned. Unreal. Having a mm -hmm. Norris caliber yeah. season. Yeah. <laughs> I, right didn't, I didn't think we'd see that. I didn't know he had that in him. Well, what do they call it? Norrissey? Josh Norrissey now? They should. <laughs> 
They should. Why it's not? A good nickname. I like it. Love yeah, uh, I, I, you know, I'm not. I can't tell you that I'm surprised that uh, Connor Hellebuck's good. But wow, is he ever good? That team lives and dies by that goalie, and he's been every bit the guy that you want. Amazing. Um, now, Jesse, I've got a question for you. Do you want to do an extended uh, press conference today? Because we do have we do have some extra time. The news, as you can imagine, is a little bit slower. We are kind of waiting up to gear up for World Juniors, and there isn't a ton of major storylines with the exception of some canceled games up here and a lot of games actually in action tonight, a lot of teams getting ready to play. Yeah. Jesse, what do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Can I just say, I'm so distracted because I never look at myself in this light, this specific light. My nose is fucked. Look at that. Is it? Look at that. It's a letter. It doesn't look it's- bad at all. You're literally zooming in on your nose and and analyzing it with your squinted eyes. Yeah, man. I think you you look good. It's fine. The the way the light is hitting it? No. What happened to my nose? (laughs) Oh, well. It's all good. 